Dudes Talk Sports, hosted by Will Thomas and Chad Tujak. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Dudes Talk Sports. Um, I am your host, Will, along with co-host Chad. Chad, say hello to the people. Hello, people. This week in week three, we're going to review week two, Monsters, Duds, Studs, and DTS hits, people that we called last week and people that we called out last week. Uh, And then we'll also review some DFS uh, picks for this coming week, some value plays, and some people to pick up out of the bargain bin. So uh, without further ado, let's get started. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait. We had a lot that kind of a uh, lot to track through with week two, but we're gonna kind of gloss over it to kind of get through week three because we know the advice is probably more what you want to hear as opposed to the past monsters. But let's go and get into it. Week two fantasy monsters. Patrick Mahomes keeps throwing it up, man. I think he threw six TDs this week, which I think brings his total to what? Ten. I, mean, I think it's ten. Ten now. on it's the a year. NFL record. Dude, it's. I mean, both him and Ryan Fitzpatrick are doing what not a lot of people predicted. Uh, and I know they kind of had, I wouldn't say cushy games because the, the Eagles were supposed to give Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, uh, some trouble, and they ended up not doing that. Uh, so kind of give me your assessment on Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Fitzpatrick, the two highest-rated or highest-scoring QBs of uh, Week 2. Well, I mean, I want to say uh, the, the word that I want to say is unsustainable, really, honestly. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's averaging an absurd 1.0 fantasy points per dropback. That means every time he makes an attempt to throw the football, he makes fantasy point. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you see in some games where they're throwing 55, 40 passes, that would mean that for every single time they throw a pass, you know, they're, they're balling, you know, 50, 40 points. I think that's unsustainable. I think maybe going into this week, Ryan Fitzpatrick actually does continue the trend. He doesn't bucket this week. That's why I went ahead and scooped him up in my fantasy league. Off waivers, I uh, had T-Rod, Terod Taylor in there before. <laughs> Went ahead and dropped Latavius Murray, who was my uh, one fantasy woe over the uh, for the draft. Picked him up. So you're saying you say unsustainable. So when you say that, you mean the trade that I received, the trade offer offering me Patrick Mahomes for my Saquon Barkley is not valid, correct? Well. <laughs> Uh, no, Patrick Mahomes is a different cat, actually. He's young. He's uh, has been figured out. I think he has at least a solid six games where he puts up some pretty spectacular numbers. He does have a run in, um, not sure what weeks, but he, he plays the Pats and the Jags in consecutive weeks. We mm-hmm. all know that, well, Patrick Mahomes is not a rookie, but we all know how Bill Belichick runs his rookies into the ground, rookie QBs in the ground. And I would say for all intents and purposes, for gameplay, Patrick Mahomes is a rookie. This is He's a first-year starter. Mm-hmm. I think he'll uh, he'll be game game schemed by the time uh, he comes around Bill Belichick, and I think that they'll he'll regress back down to earth in that in that period. Brian Fitzpatrick is a perennial exciting upsetting guy, so yeah. he'll do this. He did it with the Bills, he did it with the Jets. You know, one year with the Jets, he threw like thirty nine touchdowns, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he he won't sustain this. Uh, if everybody stays healthy, though, it'll be fun to watch football in the NFC South this year. Sure, and I think Fitzpatrick is. Like you said, kind of perennial, one of those guys that he scores when he's not supposed to score. And then when you start him, that's when he goes, you know, gives him five points, maybe if that. So that's going to be fun to watch. Kind of moving on to running backs. Man, there's a lot of activity. You had Todd Gurley putting up 32.3 points in PPR. You had Melvin Gordon putting up 30.6 points. And then you have some honorable mentions with, you know, Thompson putting up 22-3 for the uh, the Redskins. You had Christian McCaffrey putting up 30.9 points with the, uh, the Panthers. And you even had your boy... Breda putting up 24.9 points. Did you see that coming? Especially after on the heels, you know, of yeah, the last game. Yeah, again, I love that he did that. I'm a humongous Niners fan, diehard Niners fan. I think that was an aberration. I think if we, we all go back and watch the play, it was like a 66-yard rip. 
um, where he just hit through a gaping hole. He was almost untouched for 66 yards. Had a great block from Pierre Garçon all the way down the field. That already put him at uh, 15 points. And so from the rest of his day, he only had nine points. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of that touchdown, he only had 70 yards rushing. So I think that's an aberration. I think this week he actually does put up like 15 points in that range again at least. I think his floor is probably like 11 to 15 points sure. um, just because he's playing a shootout game with the Kansas City Chiefs this week. So that's mm-hmm. why I think Pat Mahomes has a uh, pretty fantastic week again this week. And I think Brita maybe hits could hit the 20s again, but he I think he's got a double-digit floor for sure. Well, I think Brita, I mean, you keep seeing aberrations, but tell me why all these aberrations keep happening when I face him because I faced Brita and I faced uh, Diggs. Diggs this week, so I mean, Diggs really is not honored. an aberration, though. No, Diggs I know, I know not he's not, but, but I'm very honored for uh, for Brita to really put up that solid score against, <laughs> against me. You, yeah. So shout out to him. Kind of moving. <clears throat> speaking of Diggs, moving on to wide receivers, Diggs had the juiciest game in fantasy uh, amongst wide receivers. It's, you know, this week was kind of really set the precedence with AJ Green scoring a bajillion touchdowns, putting up 29.9 points. Um, Stephon Diggs, 35.9 points against the Packers. Now, a fun fact, I being a diehard Packers fan, you just talked about being a diehard Niners fan. Diggs was held relatively in check by Kevin King the first half of the game. After King exit was, or exits for the groin injury, I mean, that's where he started really picking up, especially on uh, you know aging. He had, I think he had a touchdown and a two-point conversion uh, on aging cornerback Tremont Williams, our, our savvy vet back there. He had a big catch against uh, Jair, but he didn't play too bad all, all of that. Adam Thielen had another big game. A lot, a big you know point of the uh, or big chunk of his points came on a last go-ahead touchdown to tie up the game uh, or to lead to the tie-up. Thirty-one point three points. Um, I mean, isn't this yeah. like the isn't this the story for you as a Packers fan? Where like whatever yeah. wide receivers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is so good and the defense is so bad, like they just have to keep throwing the football to catch up with him. Isn't that doesn't I mean, does the do you know who that his name? I think his name is Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I, I think don't talk about it. <laughs> I, don't talk about it. I, I just feel like this is like the perennial thing for Packers fans. No? Well, I think the perennial thing it used to be. Uh, the, <laughs> no, it's the, not. The number... It's not anymore. This is the second game. <laughs> no, it's well, an aberration. No, no, no. Yeah, what I'm saying is. What, what used to happen was our num- the number one, whoever we faced, either the number one tight end or the number one wide receiver would completely just demolish us. And then we kind of <coughs> – Capers got a lot better at scheming towards the number one wide receiver. Obviously, there's a few anomalies Who? like uh, Capers, Dom Capers. Da- Dom, <laughs> there's, Dom Capers. You guys still appreciate that guy? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is there, there, there are a few anomalies where that no longer happened, like in the playoffs when Julio Jones put up 9 million yards against us because Ladarius Gunter – of all people, was a spot was was kind of manning him on number one, but the the the, the past few years, the number two wide receiver on the team, whatever team we're facing, is usually the the guy that goes off. But for whatever reason, when we go up against the Vikes, and I wouldn't say <laughs> it's just us, whenever anybody goes up against the Vikes, they have their hands full with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, just because they have so many weapons there, both short and long, and I think that really capitalized today or, or this past week. And so, kind of moving after that. You had Michael Thomas putting up thirty one or thirty point nine points. You had Juju Smith Schuster putting up thirty one points. Um, again, I said AJ Green. Then you had the combo of D and Mike Evans putting up low twenties again. Uh, kind of something you said last week. You know, which you can kind of expect to continue. Uh, what do you think about all that? Well, so from Juju, I think we saw some exotic, really exotic. And I mean, like exotic. I mean, like triple coverage sure. on Antonio Brown. Um, so Juju actually had a pretty spicy setup. Um, I, I didn't know that they were going to stay in that game at all, but mm-hmm. I was surprised that Juju was scoring at will pretty much. I mean, he was catching everything. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mahomes has just an insane arm. I think they're going to keep airing it out. Andy Reid's so creative that someone's going to be wide open on Pat Mahomes' first or second read, so they're going to be moving the ball. So I think whoever plays, uh, whatever wide receivers fantasy-wise play against the Chiefs, um, I would roster them. I mean, unfortunately this week, we don't get as good of a matchup like a premier matchup. We would like Marquise Goodwin to be healthy in yeah. this game just to kind of see what Jimmy Garoppolo and that offense and Kyle Shanahan's offense could do against the defense mm-hmm. uh, That's that week. But also the other thing is you have to think if you're Andy Reid, we have to give Kareem Hunt the ball more because they are exhausting their defense. And Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt you know, hasn't broken 100 yards. We know that back last year, his first game, he destroyed the Patriots on the ground and in the air, but they need to give him the ball more to kind of slow the ball game down. Um, very Cowboy-esque football they need to kind of switch to because their efficiency is wearing out their defense. I don't think they're going to last 16 games uh, mm-hmm. playing at that at that rate. But uh, from a fantasy perspective, I would think that the wide receiver two this week in San Fran would benefit from the game. I think that those low 20s for Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans, one of those can be a 30-point game. I'm looking at Deshaun Jackson. Um, it looks like whoever the wide receiver two is against the Steelers' defense is is ripping off some points. Sure. So if D-Jax can be healthy, he's an efficient nine targets, nine catches so far on the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he could have an explosive game pending a hamstring injury. I'm also looking at an under-the-radar Chris Godwin start. Um, and then, as always, Mike Evans is good for his targets and catches as well. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, kind of going into the last bit of monsters that kind of, you know, helm this last week in fantasy no no better segue than the monsters of the midway man who thought that the are are the bears defense de, like for real is that is that like for real are they i know they, they're gonna get a lot of splash plays and a lot of takeaways just based off of leonard floyd and you know a guy named khalil mack kind of just doing whatever they want uh, but man it's like i'm having a hard time not buying it so tell me well, what you think have, about their performance they have uh so again as a huge san fran fan I know what a whole defensive line of first-rounders looks like, except that yeah. the difference between the Bears and the <laughs> Niners is that the Bears is actually a good group of first-rounders. So, I mean, they have uh, Leonard Floyd, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith actually started this game uh, last week against the Packers. He didn't start until, the, was it the second quarter into the first yeah. quarter? Or uh, first, second half into the first half. Um, mm. And obviously all-world Khalil Mack. Um, you know, when it goes – when you pair that with a really talented secondary – um, and we all knew Kyle, Kyle Fuller actually uh, had a, an offer from the Packers, and they matched it. So mm-hmm. uh, we know how much everybody in the league respects that guy, especially coming from a, a, a division rival. So I think that they're the real deal. I unfortunately don't think Mitch Trubisky has the composure yet. I think he's great. No. I think he's talented, but he's just not composed. He's missing a lot of wide-open passes. And I think from a fantasy perspective, you don't want to roster him because when you go for fantasy, you go for efficiency. Correct. Yeah, I think, and right now, uh, as you know, the Bears' defense continues to gel. Um, I think it's going to be one of those things, kind of like when Rex Grossman was their QB. You know, and they had Erlacher and they had Briggs kind of manning that middle. Uh, they really, I mean, they 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 held that defense, they held that team, and carried them to the Super Bowl. And so, I mean, Rex Grossman, no knock on him. I, I just, there's, I'm not saying he's similar to Trubisky because who knows what Trubisky can be in a year. You know, I think just Trubisky has a lot of Rick Meyer in him where. Right now, that's pretty much what their game plan is. The same plan they they gave Meyer when he was a first round pick coming out. They said, "Hey, look, look at your number one read. Look at your number number two read. If they're not there, just just haul ass, man. Don't don't even worry about this." And so I think their defense right now, 
with the front seven, with a, a dominant front four or a dominant front seven, it has a trickle-down effect, man. If you have great pass rushers, it makes good DBs look great. And they have good DBs, which is awesome for them. Um, so even still, if, if they had atrocious DBs, it makes them look average. And so I think that they're, you know, all the uh, the pass rushers that they're getting, all the actual run power, not, not even excluding Akeem Hicks, you know, I think all that's really going to pay dividends in fantasy for him, especially giving him a lot of splash plays with sacks and interceptions and fumbles and all that stuff. Uh, kind of moving on, Rams, they put up 13 points. I mean, I think no matter what, they're one of those sexy D-line matchups where, I mean, how can you not put up at least a few sacks with Aaron Donald and, and Sue, you know? Well, and yeah, so, I mean, not only that, but, I mean, <clears throat> who are you throwing the ball to when you have a key yeah. to leave and Marcus Peterson coverage? Agreed. Marcus Joyner just got a new deal. I know Marcus Joyner's not, like, the biggest safety, but he's – He's talented. He's very athletic. Um, I think we can just kind of glaze on past them. I mean, it's ridiculous. They have ball control with Todd Gurley. Uh, yeah. Jared Goff is efficient. They have Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and um, Robert Woods, who's the forgotten man, but was also very talented while he was healthy last year. So I think we just skip on to the next great defense right now, which is the Dolphins. And I think <laughs> that is uh, – honestly, I think that's just – luck at this point it sounds crazy to say but they played a really weird game against the titans week one where they had like a large delay and there was momentum out of the game there was mm-hmm. three key injuries on offense uh one of them being great blocking tight end delaney walker and then uh luan offensive lineman and then actually marks Mariota. i mean they even had uh, like the media went out and said blaine gabbert's probably going to start this game or play this game last week mm-hmm. so um, I think they got torn up in week one, and I think that's why the Dolphins played such a close game defensively. And then in week two, they played rookie Sam Darnold, which they had a week of tape on. They had uh, enough yeah. time to prepare. So <clears throat> I think that they come back down to earth, actually, against the Raiders and the Patriots uh, the next two weeks. And I, I don't think we can expect the same resurgence of them. I think the Bears and the Rams are, are actually the real deal. They're the real deal. And kind of speaking deal. about Miami real quick, um, just real quick, do you you know kind of hold the the New York Jets defense, which is – been playing lights out fantasy wise do you hold them in the same breath as Miami where you think that you know being in that division they're going to come back down to earth real quick yeah I mean it's hard to say I mean um I I don't know what's going on with Matt Stafford um week one he blew up completely imploded against the Jets defense I know he's a very talented guy but I guess they knew the plays that were being called according to the news reports I'm not sure how accurate that is but uh, I would probably hold them in the same breath as, like, maybe um, the Colts. Uh, and that sounds weird to say, but the Colts' defense is playing really well. Sure. I would put the Colts, um, the Dolphins, and the Bengals kind of, like, all in the same breath. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say that the Bears, the uh, Rams, and the Vikings might be it. And it's hard. And it, people are going to say, oh, the Vikings allowed 29 points. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. it was not, an, and it really wasn't 29 points. It was 22 points because they had a blocked uh, punt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at the offensive drives, I mean, it was not an easy game for Aaron Rodgers. So No, no. I mean, especially against that Minnesota defense, it's not going to be an easy game for anybody. So kind of glossing over, moving real quick, week two duds, man. Were there anybody that you were just really, like, dissatisfied with so throughout I, the week? I wouldn't say I was dissatisfied, but I was uh, expecting a lot more from Emmanuel Sanders. Didn't even mm-hmm. I'm not even sure he had a, a target in the first half. Um, I expected him to have like seriously like a 25 point game um, against the Raiders and wasn't even targeted. So I don't know if that was a part of scheme or game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Tyreek Hill, he put up 20 points. I know, um, but he also 
didn't have a lot of volume. Uh, they It all got shifted over to Sammy Watkins. So that is a fantasy confusion right now. So sure. you have Travis Kelsey, you have Sammy Watkins, and you have Tyreek Hill, who's, you know, a.k.a. the cheetah. Uh, we don't really know what's going on um, as mm-hmm. far as from a fantasy perspective. Um, other notable people that kind of let me down, um, I would say Philip Dorsett let me down. <clears throat> I thought that he was going to have like a really nice game against the Jags, mm-hmm. um, but instead they got demolished. I don't know if that was like more of a scheme or if like a they schemed against the Patriots because they knew that they just had Gronk and sure and um, what's um, Phil Hogan? Dorsett. Yeah, Phillips said. No, I forgot about Chris Hogan. I mean, I, he kind of dropped off my radar, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Will Disley could have had a bigger game. Sure, um, he only had that one touchdown that really saved his whole fantasy weekend. Um, and then Keenan Allen let me down, but not really because I knew that they were going to go to the running game really quickly. Yeah. Um, but all in all, he should have – he had eight targets, six receptions, six, seven yards, no touchdowns. If he scores a touchdown there, he saves his fantasy weekend. But, you know, they didn't need to pass. So um, not a lot of not a lot of disappointments. Agreed, agreed. It kinda, everybody was kind of what we thought they were going to be. I think there was a few guys who exploded in week one who didn't necessarily not explode, but I think like the best way to put it is you weren't dissatisfied. I guess it was just kind of underwhelming uh, if you had to, you know, comparing to week one. Moving on to, well, you know. You, well, it's, well, other dead, though, let me ask you this. What do you think about, is going on with David Johnson? You think it's going to be man, like an all-year thing? You think it's like a couple weeks thing? I think it's a couple weeks thing. I think, you know, as if this thing t- continues to happen, I, there's no doubt about it that, he's going to air his grievances. I know he seems like a really nice, respectable, not, you know, beat my chest kind of guy, but you just paid the man a truckload of money. I'm like, why are you not utilizing him the way he's supposed to be utilized? You know, his strengths aren't just lining up in the eye and running forward. He's a humongous individual with, with, you know, breakaway speed and a good jump cut. But his, you know, his ability to make, you know, what he can do is lining up whatever. He's a Swiss Army knife. And for you not to utilize him in the slot, for you not to crack him out wide on a a few downs and just at least put the ball in his hands and let him make plays, you know, I think it's it's a damn shame. And I think for coming up, I – I, there's, I have no doubt that you know that they're going to kind of scheme the ball into his hands a lot more so than just handing him off the ball. So, and then not a dud to me because we talked about this last week. But are you surprised that Kenny Stills dropped back way back, way back down to earth this week? No, man, it's Kenny Stills, man. Come on now, it's, I think. <laughs> Come on, I, God, God bless him, man. We know Kenny. Don't he you remember, means you remember well, Kenny, right? Yo, you know Kenny, man. Yeah, I call him K Short. K Short. No, I think he's like. It, even with the uh, the Saints, man, it's like he would always come into the week after a humongous nuclear week and then just kind of flame out and then it would kind of fan to the next person. And so I'm not surprised I didn't buy the hype in week one, uh, especially the hype during the preseason saying that Kenny was going to be the new number one and Devontae was fading. Uh, I think that the wide receiver core there is on life support, even though that they have, you know, they have Kenny Stills, they have Parker, they have Amendola, they have the guy they got from KC. I just think that right now it's they're they're figuring out their way while they're start still trying to figure it out with the QB who's coming back from an ACL injury last year. So that kind of, that was kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say duds, you know. I just think that with with Stills, it's, he he is what I pretty much think he is, no matter what. So I want to actually want to talk about some some dudes talk sports hits, you know, guys that we actually kind of clipped on. Uh, the main notable one is you kind of brought up Trey Burton last week, and, and sure enough, 
He had a good rebound game. Uh, didn't set the world on fire, but he had a good rebound game against the Seahawks. Uh, can you kind of talk on that? Yeah, so we kind of felt that he was going to – he had those six targets, and the targets really are king when – targets and efficiency with those targets. Targets are really king when it comes to scoring fantasy points. Um, we saw last week that Keelan Cole was going to be like a, a cog. This week he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you see those, that volume in an offense where there's really just two or three primary – two really two primary receivers in this one, it's Allen Robinson and Trey Burton. Um, sure. You know, especially when we saw – we see Trey Burton running a lot of seam routes. We saw Emmanuel Sanders run a lot of seam routes in the Seahawks in week one. So we Trey Burton was going to get those plays. Didn't know that he was going to get that trick play. Sure. Um, but, you know, was unsurprised to see him bounce up like that. Uh, mm-hmm. and come on back. We also called out, I think, Travis Kelsey to have a rebound week this week. He exploded oh, yeah. um, this week. So it was a good week for the tight ends that we called on as a uh, tight end actually is a really tricky position to kind of predict. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, those ones we can kind of assume with volume and with game scheme, they will come back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it kind of kind of concludes our, our week two player assessment, both monsters, duds, and, and DTS hits. Uh, let's kind of move on to week three. Let's give some advice to the people. Monster matchups. Who do you feel is most qualified to have a gigantic matchup coming up in week three? Well, what are we looking for? We're we looking for for value, a d, like a daily fantasy uh, one. Are we looking for fantasy uh, general playing? How are we looking uh, at this? I would say just fantasy general playing. Like, right. who do you think you know is going to just light it up? Uh, it doesn't so someone, necessarily have to be a sleeper, but someone just, you know, that may be on the free agent list. That if you need a tight end this week, last year he last week he stunk it up. Um, and this week you can pick him up and put my name on it. George Kittle's going to have a great game this week against Kansas City Chiefs. Really? Yeah, George really? Kittle's going to have a great game. I'm saying his floor is 10 points. Um, Kansas City's 31st in the league in defending the tight end. Uh, Jesse James destroyed them last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we who saw Jesse James busting out last week? Not me. Oh, I mean, putting up like, like 130 yards. Yeah, he was eight like for that. 80 by like the second quarter. So wow. Um, yeah, I, see, I drew George Kittle. I am back on the Travis Kelsey hype train because guess who's 32nd in the league in defending tight ends? The San Francisco 49ers. So look for a lot of seam routes in that game. If you like anybody up the middle, that's where I'm at. I like Trey Burton again this week against Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as tight ends are concerned, those are my three winners right there. Rushing the ball, I think that Kenyon Drake's a, Kenyon Drake's a sneaky start this week. Um, mm. the, the Oakland rush defense has been pretty poor. Uh, obvious calls. Alvin Kamara is going to absolutely explode against oh, Atlanta. Oh, the Falcons. Good Lord, yeah, look at McCaffrey out. went absolutely insane, in his, especially in PPR leagues. And then Ajayi actually had a couple two-yarders yard two yarders, uh, in week one against the Falcons. So they've been – I mean, that's a that week one's kind of misleading. So we, we were off – we said Ajayi would come back down earth this week, and he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, now – I think it was more of that opportunity that he got. But McCaffrey absolutely went off, was open pretty pretty much the whole game. Kamara is going to be in the same situation, and it's actually going to be even worse for the Falcons this week. So. Oh, no, I, I agree. I think in another kind of – a guy who I don't think is going to put up monster numbers, but I think he's going to put up you know damn near monster numbers. I think Zeke going up against the Seahawks, man, I just – the Seahawks defense, God bless them. You know, they mean well, but they are not anywhere near what – I wouldn't – like, I'm not going to say they're not even what they used to be. They're not even what a lot of people predicted they were going to be. And I think Earl Thomas right now is, is holding down the fort in the back end, and you had Shaquille Griffin, you know, pick off, or take off two picks within the first half, and that's that's phenomenal. But, man, I think with Bobby Wagner out still, um, and then uh, – what's KJ, his name? right? 
KJ Wright, and then you have Michael Kendricks, you know, one week away from going to prison potentially. <laughs> Insider trading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I, I just don't, I don't see a lot of. Didn't you ever watch there. Wolf of Wall Street? Come on. How great dare movie. Yeah, I know. Come on, man. How yeah. Some, you? so some, some, again, so for tight end, if you needed trouble, George Kittle's your guy. For running back, if you're in trouble, obviously we've already passed waivers. And if you didn't pick up Giovanni Bernard, you're in trouble. Um, mm-hmm. But you can still go and make an easy, simple trade for James White. I think he has a great week this week against the Lions. Or, theoretic, who is actually available in like 60% of leagues. So oh, both yeah. those guys will catch a lot of balls. This one might get out of hand quick thanks to Detroit's poor, poor passing defense. And mm-hmm. also the Patriots' poor passing defense. And if it does not need to be, if it needs to be stated, it shouldn't be stated. But I'm going to say it just because I don't want anyone to say we didn't say it. James Conner, roster him. Daily Fantasy Sports, DraftKings, Yahoo.com, ESPN. Anywhere you can get them. Anywhere you can get James Conner shares, get James Conner shares. AB had a right calf sprain or strain last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was actually out for a lot of the game. Like a lot more of the game. I think he only played like uh, 75% of snaps where Juju was the main target. This sure. The Bucks haven't stopped anything on the ground. No. So roster James Conner, get him in there, let him go, have a wild, wild day. I- and I think that you, you talked and talked about it last episode, uh, how that the you know the Steelers Bucks game it's going to get out of hand pretty quick because I mean the Steelers defense their front seven's great I mean they get a tons of pass rush especially with T.J. Watt kind of manning that on the outside but man I think that if if it's magic and 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 Co can kind of continually put up a bajillion points and it's going to be the Juju Smith Jesse James and James Conner show. On the other end, I think it's going to get in a shoot out, and I think that benefits all three of those guys tremendously. Um, so kind of moving on from our, our monster matchups, is there anybody that you're timid on starting week three? Any potential duds that you're kind of sniffing out that you want to stay away from? Well, I think that people might want to get into the uh, <clears throat> into the Kansas City game. Um, and that wide receiver too. Without Marquis Goodwin, I don't think Dante Pettis put up some numbers last week, had some good targets. I don't think that's anyone that you want to start um, next week. I think that you want to stay away from Will Fuller this week against the mm-hmm. Giants, which he went mad last week. I think that uh, he'll have a Kenny Stills like week this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, maybe the uh, Jimmy Graham experiment might not be this week. Might not be. Might be another week. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, very possibly you you want to stay away from the Cleveland passing game. I mean, I think everyone there is going to – I know Antonio Callaway kind of exploded last week and they're playing the Jets, but the Jets are actually playing decent ball against the pass. Um, mm-hmm. It could be because of that. Their, their rankings could be a little skewed because it's only week two and they played the Lions week one. Um, and then obviously I think Tyler Lockett got lucky last week in his last minute catch, and I think that we can expect that to come down to earth. I'm also oh, sure. slightly, slightly weary on AJ Green this week. We'll see if he's matchup proof, but uh, um, I, we'll see. I don't know. I, I think that he I might have a little tougher road on him this week against Carolina than he did last week. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. I know moving into kind of waiver wire ads, giving the people kind of what they should be looking out for if they haven't already. I know a lot of the actual premium pickups have already been gone. You kind of mentioned GOB. You kind of waxed poetic about them last week. Um, is there anybody left that you, you know, that has that I wouldn't say slim pickings, but say, you know, chances are so, that you have a, a Keelan Cole yeah. type left. Two who's, weeks, who's somebody you'd want? Two weeks ago, we said Tevin Coleman. Last week, Tevin Coleman had a great week. He had uh, a good fantasy floor. This week, we said 
uh, Giovanni Bernard, which, well, we didn't maybe not get enough time to say, but Giovanni Bernard's going to be the guy. But mm-hmm. also, I cannot say, I mean, this might be a one-week thing. Blake Bortles this week is someone that I would target if I was in trouble running back, or quarterback, or running back, whatever. Um, yeah. I think that, uh, obviously, the Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, the Cam Newton, they're gone. Blake mm-hmm. Bortles, likely, still there. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that he's worth a pickup this week. He had 36 points last week. He plays a weak Tennessee defense this week. Um, and not only that, they're ranked 25th in the league against passing. I like him and I like Keelan Cole to have a day this week. Sure, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think John Brown was another big pickup. I mean, if he's oh, there Oh, yeah, again, we, called, we did call John Brown. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, if he's there, go in and stash him. But, again, I think right now – if you listen to this, it's, it's slim pickings, and you're kind of looking for kind of what Chad said. You're looking for that diamond in the rough, and, and believe it or not, we believe in Bortles right now. Right now, no, not, a, this week, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think we've seen it. Unfortunately, this is at the expense of Adoree Jackson, Adoree Jackson, Adoree Jackson. That's close enough. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're seeing it at the expense of him. He's had a struggle adjusting to the pro game. Um, he's been really weak in coverage and man coverage just to be a cover corner and they uh-huh. want to have a pump return. He's just not been really good. He wasn't good last year and he's not been good this year. Um, mm-hmm. I would say this week also, um, be careful with the Minnesota wide receivers. Uh, oh, yeah. if you're looking for, if you're, if you're in a, a game where you think there's a lot of points going to be scored and, uh, you're in a bad, I mean, you can't bench Adam Cleveland or Stefan Diggs, but if you're playing like a DraftKings lineup, that game script might not be the, you're in your favor. Um, that game might get out of hand really quick, and you might see a lot of Latavius Murray, and you might see a lot of Dalvin Cook. So just be careful. Yeah, and I would say you probably see more of Latavius Murray with Dalvin Cook's hamstring. I think it was his hamstring last week. Yeah, they, um, he's been, he's been practicing, so he's he's yeah. fine. He's fine enough to play. But I think that that's something to definitely keep an eye on. A few pickups that I would kind of be weary of. Um, obviously, you already mentioned Antonio Callaway. Uh, I think that, you know, even a blind squirrel can find a nut. And Ted Ginn found one last week, thankfully, in the fourth quarter with a humongous 40-yard reception. And I think it was the same thing of Antonio Callaway. Um, I think a guy you kind of, you definitely want to be weary of and picking up to start, but definitely pick up the stash if you have the roster spot. Aaron Jones, I know a lot of people have been holding on to him uh, really closely, just kind of, to, you know, monitoring the Packers' rush situation. I think Ty is what he is. Uh, I don't think he will ever be the franchise back. I don't think he's ever going to get the bell cow kind of carries. I think Jamal Williams is a bell cow kind of carry type of guy, but he just gets the, the yards in front of him. He doesn't offer too much else besides from that and, and pass protection. He's our, he's the Packers' best pass uh, protecting back. He can offer stuff in the pass game, but he's not d- nearly dynamic as Aaron Jones out of the shotgun. And so I think, you know, th- these next few weeks, the Packers are saying that he's or he, he's playing second fiddle to Ty and Jamal but I think it might just rip off, you know, take a few humongous rips of runs um, for him to really reclaim that spot and reclaim that momentum that he got against the Cowboys last year. Uh, one last final free agent pickup. If he's there, Dan Bailey going for the Vikings. Oh, I mean, man. Yeah. Good what? Old Dan. You don't want the kicker from uh, from the Cleveland Browns? Oh, big fan. Zane Gonzalez. Are you talking about the new one? <laughs> the new one. Uh, the new I think one. Dan Bailey, I mean, you can't ever really go wrong with him. I don't think he's going to have a Nick Folk type uh, fall when Folk went from the Jets to the blah to the blah to the blah and kept bouncing around. Dan Bailey is what he is, man. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a Prater type impact um, with the Minnesota Vikings, and I think they're they're definitely within reason to constantly be on the opposite side of the field. And so I think they're always within striking range. He has a huge leg. So kind of moving on from free agent waiver wire pickups, um, is there anybody that you would you don't mind dropping right now? Oh, you know, it's it's interesting. I think that. Uh 
it could have happened week one, but I think Emmanuel Sanders is a good uh, a good trade bait guy. I wouldn't sure. drop him, obviously, but he's a good trade bait. Um, I think that he – when I was watching – so we knew all last year. So I'm actually – sounds crazy, but I'm in a way weird friends with Emmanuel Sanders. And um, he, uh, he nursed his ankle all last offseason. He stopped going out. He's like – sounds weird. Like recommitted his life to his marriage because he had a failing marriage. And uh, so he nursed his his ankle all all off season. And I don't this, believe you. I really don't believe you. But I'm telling you. I'll, I'll let you keep going. This keep going. is the truth. So I saw him take a tackle last week um, on a pass or a holding call. It got called. Did back. you text him right away? Did he limped off the okay? field and he pointed to his ankle. So I think that if you want to trade him now in some sneaky back alley kind of way without letting me know, I don't think that ankle is going to hold up all season. I also don't think Keith Keenum is going to hold up all season. So that's my guy to trade. Randall Cobb, also not. <laughs> you know he's not my favorite guy. Um, um, and but you're I great friends with him too, I presume. Right? No, I'm not. No, I'm not great friends with Manuel Sanders. I'm like in a weird way. I've met him one time. So, oh, okay, anyways, okay. I met him one time in, in a friendly setting, like not. That's good enough for he me. He wasn't That's signing. He wasn't signing my butthole. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good enough for me. We, we, we met one time. Um, anyways, uh, I like a target for me. I really like is Golden Tate. He secretly he doesn't doesn't tell the league, didn't tell the world by storm. His lead is in the top ten in the NFL in targets, wow. and uh, with Marvin Jones on the other side of the field, uh, it really helps him get not premier coverage every game. And Kenny Galladay's evolution, who is also a top fifteen receiver in the NFL in regards to targets, um, is helping him not get double covered at all. I mean, I don't know that anyone would double cover Golden Tate, but. He's got tons of targets. He's pretty good. He's 98% owned, um, but he had an off week, so I would kind of trade for him. And when I say off week, I mean <clears throat> he didn't have a touchdown. He was still seven catches, 109 yards. But uh, I think that's someone that I would target for trade. Randall Cobb I would get rid of. Nelson Aguilar might come down to earth in a couple weeks. Uh, I know there was a lot of buzz around Quincy Noonwell last week. I think we he, while he didn't perform exactly how we thought he was going to perform, we thought he was going to have a bigger game than uh, seven catches, 92 yards. His 11 targets – is exactly what we said uh, last week. You know, he's leading that team. He is the man in that team. Uh, mm-hmm. He's better than the one-trick pony, Robbie Anderson, who Robbie Anderson, to me, falls in the same category as Kenny Stills, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, less sufficient than Deshaun Jackson, but Quincy Nunez is going to be the number one target guy, and I think mm-hmm. that we can we can scoop up and trade for him. No, I think it's a really interesting fact on Golden Tate. I mean, knowing Kenny Galladay um, – and I mean, not as personally as you know Emmanuel Sanders, but knowing, <laughs> knowing Kenny or Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. on the, you know, they're both manning the X and the Z receiver positions, and so you finally get to put Golden Tate back at that Y, that slot, which he's so natural at. Um, and I think you kind of saw that, you know, you saw the uh, the the day crescendo of Randall Cobb when he was forced to play. Uh, boundary receiver after teams kind of scheme to figure him out once he kind of gets back in that slot man that's it that is what he is and the same thing with golden tate and so he's going to command tons of targets just consistently facing generally that number three db yeah and so it's like if is- he's going to if he's going to keep doing that and you're going to have Matt Matt Stafford who has that rapport with him already, he's going to keep firing the ball as he just fired the ball <laughs> consistently to Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, yeah, not not the same player, but it just no, no. for fun fact, there's only three receivers in the NFL with more targets than Golden Tate, and that's Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, and, of course, Antonio Brown. Golden Tate has yeah. more catches than, or more targets than Odell Beckham, DeAndre sure. Hopkins, Jarvis Landry, and, and the lot. 
Sure. So kind of like I'm just going to go through some some rapid fire trade scenarios uh, right now. Just kind of going buying low, selling high type stuff. Tell me if this is something that you would go for. David Johnson buying. Would you buy him low right now? Just because his, his few weeks that he's had kind of been diminished in his role. Nah, I, I think nah. that, uh, you know, Rosen takes over in a little bit. I think we have like a slight injury and I think we see him on IR maybe like week nine or ten. All right. So if you have the opportunity to ship off Djax to Sean Jackson with coming off two humongous games, would you do it? And especially for you know a, a semi-admirable player. Well, what's uh, what's semi-admirable player? I mean, he he plays New Orleans again uh, at mm-hmm. the end of the fantasy season. He plays Atlanta and he plays Dallas. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. those and, and San Fran. So a lot of weak secondaries. If he can stay healthy, which he hasn't shown to do, but if he can do it. He has a lot of utility. I mean, the other thing is that he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is a gunslinger. He really mm-hmm. is not afraid to throw the ball. So that marriage is like a match made in heaven. I mean, it, it would be hard for me to come off to Sean Jackson, even because his just one play per game is feast or famine could kind of win me a game. Sure, sure. So moving on, kind of wide receiver Allen Robinson. I know we kind of definitely are, are in love with the amount of legendary targets that he's yeah, kind of getting right Williams. now. If you have an opportunity to trade for him right now, you pull the trigger. Well, it depends on what I'm giving up. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, obviously, if I can get a – one, he's so talented. Uh, two, he is getting high-volume targets, but he's not getting them from a quality quarterback. So efficiency yeah. is going to be a lot lower. Um, and then also, he's coming off that surgery that repaired ACL. So I, I don't know if you watched the whole game, but, man, that dude was getting beaten up. So yeah. I would love to see him last whole season. Uh, I would love to trade for him. I wouldn't trade a ton of, tra- tra- ton of stuff for him. Sure, sure. So the last kind of guy I want to cover with this, Josh Gordon, for those of you who have kind of held on to him and didn't immediately throw him to the free agent waiver wire shark pool uh, as soon as he uh, as soon as he was going to be cut, uh, do you trade him away? Do you stash him? Do you trade him away? Do you see what comes of the Gordon and, and Brady marriage? What, what, do, what do you do with him? Listen, man, I'm going to tell you, I watched the uh, training camp today, mm-hmm. um, and I saw Josh Gordon at practice. Did you see him fall down on his route? <laughs> Maybe he fell down. But I know that the Packers go to Foxborough on November 4th. On, and I have no that. idea who's going to cover that man. I'll he towers who. over Bill Belichick, who's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, but he towers over Bill Belichick. And he is so silky smooth catching that ball, man. He looks what? so good. And as soon as he learns that playbook, I mean sober, and he is going to be a beast. <laughs> and I'm actually scared for the NFL for those two to link up. No, I mean, he's definitely one. Of, I mean, there's a reason why people are so enamored with his talent. And even though there's a bajillion red flags sitting there with him, so many GMs and owners are just going, we're just going to shoot these red flags out of the way. And we're going to take the 19th chance on Josh Gordon. And he's going to change. We'll, we'll go and change it. But what better you know, way, what better you know, atmosphere to change him or at least run the, the roll the die to see if he changed than the Patriots. Cause I think if he truly buys into everything that's going on, even if he buys in for just a year, I think him and, and Brady, that's going to be absolutely disgusting. I think I, I agree with you. If the Packers come to Foxborough and, and him and Brady are, are you know, going like a, a really well-oiled machine, I think Kevin King might be our best bet to cover him based off size and speed alone. Uh, but he, Gordon's just so silky smooth and he's strong. He's just insane amount of strength. Um, and I think, I think last year, him coming out or coming back onto the field, uh, Demarius Randall, our starting cornerback then, who's now the free safety for the Cleveland Browns, he held him to like 45 yards and a touchdown, which is respectable for, for Randall's size. But he was just getting back on the field. You know, he just literally came out of whatever 
group that he was in, whatever support group he was in, came on the field and it's yeah, and it's still still put up what he put up. So I think if him and Brady really click, it's going to be scary. So that that was kind of my my trade recap, instant fire or rapid fire trade assessment. Let's move on to some really quick some DFS stuff. Who are your some of your big studs in DFS? Your your high dollar ticket guys that you don't mind going and cashing in on. Oh man, so Alvin Kamara. I mean, I know he kind of disappointed everybody last week. With mm-hmm. his 17 fantasy points. But I think this week he, he makes up. Todd Gurley, obviously, um, is someone that I would pay up for. Oddly, I'm really liking the the floor for Saquon Barkley. I don't mm-hmm. love putting running backs in DFS, uh, but no. he feels like a high-floor guy. He had a ton of receptions. He was more targeted last week than the most targeted receiver on the team last week, I think, more than all the other receivers combined in a really terrible offense with a terrible offensive line. But he was the one bright star. And uh, I think that for wide receiver, I like Mike Evans. I think he's got a good floor. Um, I don't know if he's worth the money, but I think Keelan Cole I'd pay up for. Even He's not even that expensive. No. Um, I think a good GPP stack um, for next week would be like Matt Stafford and Golden Tate. Um, I mm-hmm. think that Matt Stafford's cheap enough, and that game's going to get out of hand just enough um, for it to be tournament-worthy. I think that the highest floor guys, though, are going to be Patrick Mahomes, um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, sure. Uh, I, I don't like Big Ben in any format because he can just easily disappoint. But yeah, Patrick yeah. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and for a, a tournament play, um, Jimmy Garoppolo. The highest valued player I had last week uh, was Cam Newton. Sure, sure. And then kind of going into some bargain bin player picks. You know, those guys that are three grand to four grand. Who's some of the guys that you have your eye on? So for. <laughs> Bargain bin? What is this? This is. I feel bad. I mean, so Austin Hooper actually is a tight end that's uh, supposed to put in dividends for next week. He's uh-huh. priced at twenty nine hundred on DraftKings. Um, James White was the guy that I mentioned in fantasy that you could go pick up off the waiver wire. He's playing against mm-hmm. Detroit this week, which again, um, they're gonna be passing a lot. I feel like it's gonna be a high passing game. He's forty nine hundred. He's supposed to hit his three times multiplier for those uh, cash games um, mm-hmm. for fifteen points. So that'll be another good bargain bin pool um <laughs> do you not like my branding for that term it's just bargain bin. We're, we're talking we're all, we're all ballers on a budget when it comes to dfs you have a stock no, of money and my sleeper for this week actually is tyler boyd so remember how i said that the panthers might be a tougher matchup for aj green and yep. we're supposed to see the evolution of of john ross i really mm-hmm. see more of the evolution of tyler boyd he's not fast um, but he does run some silky smooth routes and he mm-hmm. looks natural catching the ball he looked really good last week um and I think he'll be really, 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 really good again. All right, but yeah, Tyler Boyd, I think, you know, as a rookie, he's one of the guys that really came in for uh, A.J. Green, stepped up when A.J. Green went down. Uh, but he's really coming, in onto, or coming onto his own this year. And I think that, you know, between week one, he put up great numbers. Last week, all right numbers. I think, again, like you said, he's one of those guys that he's a severe value pick. I won't call him bargain bin, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I think he's a great pickup, especially if you're you're low on cash. <laughs> yeah, that kind of concludes our episode for D or for DTS Dudes Talk Sports. We have a few closing announcements. Uh, as always, social media. We're on Twitter at Dudes Talk Sports at Insta- or on Instagram at Dudes underscore Talk Sports. You can go to our website www.dudes-talk-sports.com. You'll see all of our podcasts there. You'll see some spreadsheets that Chad made for DFS, for fantasy. You'll see advice for, for future drafts if you want. So you'll see all that stuff. Again, it's at Dudes Talk Sports. Uh, that concludes our Dudes Talk Sports episode today. See ya. See ya.